You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this is the Porpoise Pod. Porpoise Pod. It's a podcast with a purpose. All dolphins. All the time. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solana. Porpoise Pod, back here with you. Another edition. Still riding high, I gotta be honest with you. Really haven't come down off of it. Tobin here with you alongside my co-host Alejandro Solana. How are you, man? I mean, the news gets better every day. Tobin, Tua, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. As he should be. As he should be. Uh, it, It should be a week where he gets to bask in it a little bit. I know that he probably won't because football doesn't let you enjoy anything, but I think uh, as far as the fan base is concerned, this feels like just such a big-time matchup uh, early on because you have a a divisional rivalry, a historic rivalry that goes back ways away, but now you have uh, a a kind of bum Patriots AFC East, and this is uh, kind of the fights over the tops. It feels right right uh, now. I saw a Jets fan tweet out two decades of Brady and then now we have this and it's just the graphic of Tyreek Diggs Waddle stuff thank thank god we're not from New York Tobin I gotta be honest thank thank god we're not from New York yeah although listen they got a they got a crazy win this uh this past weekend too obviously you know we're focused on what's going on down here but that was a pretty wild uh when you have the wildest game, you uh you overlooked the the less wild but still wild endings. And the Jets and Joe Flacco coming back to win that game was pretty nutty. But even still, like, you know, it's Joe Flacco. Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Good luck. And uh Jacoby Brissett blowing that uh, game. I mean, uh more I feel so their I, defense, but I feel but I feel, I'll I'll blame it on Jacoby. Yeah, I feel bad uh, for our guy, Leroy Horde, who I do mornings with. He does uh, call you out a lot. He is simply, by the way, he's getting a spite surgery today. Uh, so shout out to Leroy, speed recovery. He's only coming into work tomorrow to uh, show some kind of level of toughness over you. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't quite get this. I, I told him he's more than uh, okay to take a day off just so he feels a little bit better. Uh, but no, he just wants to make a point. Uh, but I, but he, I feel bad because now he's suffered. He's a, he's a former Brown. He does Brown's podcast up there, and now he has to suffer through two seasons of Jacoby Brissett. It's, a, it's an awful existence. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, but, and, and I don't want to make this about uh, my beef with Leroy. But first of all, I live rent free in his head because I, wow. I don't ever take shots. I don't ever take shots at Leroy on the air unless he provokes it. And second, Tobin, like, I didn't miss a day of work. I worked every day other than the day I had surgery. I was in surgery during the Hawk and Crowder show. So I couldn't have been on the show. And I did the show every single day from my house for two days. And then on Friday, I was back at work 
I can't drive to work still. Like I'm Ubering, I'm losing money daily wow, going to work. Really? Literally. So you can write that off though. You can, you can write that off. I don't think I can. I, I, do you, I don't think, I don't think I can. Oh, and, uh, I, yeah, I'm a big, I, I love writing stuff off. I mean, I'll try. I'll see. I'll see how this works out. But or at least, Tobin, at least try and expense it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna try. But Tobin, like, what am I supposed to do? Walk to work? Like, I, I don't understand where the the hate. Leroy wants to take shots over my man bun. Fine, I get it. Like, but but I it's a long had time for, ago, the man bun era, though. I haven't had it for three years. Like, I literally chopped it off in 2020. It's been wow. two and a half years. So I I don't understand where these where these shots from your co-host are coming from. I really what? don't get it. Like. I'm working. I'm just working from home because I can't drive for two days. I've been at work every day since. Why the ultimate decision to get rid of the man bun? Uh, it, it kind of got annoying, honestly. Oh. Like you got to pull the hair back. You got to gel it every morning. Mm. And then, uh, you know, my hairline, as you can tell, kind of, you know, it, 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 it kind of I understand. You didn't, want, you, you didn't want an Evan Fournier situation. I, I, yeah, I didn't want the Manu Ginobili earlier than when, you know, it's inevitable. I'm going to have the, the Ginobili because I'm already losing the stuff in the back. Like, it, it's coming, but I'm trying to prolong the situation. And the man bun daily gelling, pulling that, that, that bad boy back every day was, uh, was kind of accelerating the process. Also, eh, man bun season was, was kind of a long time ago. Like, I, I jumped on the bandwagon a little late. Um, all right. So getting back to this. So we got the bills this week. Uh, the last time since we recorded this episode and we were all high off of the win, the bills played Monday night football. They were overwhelming against the Tennessee Titans, which by the way, Titans enjoy that Tannehill experience, dude. Uh, welcome <laughs> to it. This is uh this is exactly what it is. That we was got- so much fun. Th- this whole week has been great because yes. Ryan Tannehill on Monday night football is getting rocked. He's throwing interceptions and uh, and it sucks that you know we had to watch Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs do what they did, but it was still kind of fun because Tua named AFC Offensive Player of the Week, and uh, and and those seven years of Ryan Tannehill, I kind of saw them all within thirty minutes on Monday Night Football. Yeah, like it, it's one of these things where first of all, I, I'm I you never really root for anybody in the division, but. I was okay with them winning because I think it just makes this week a lot juicier. Like, yeah, you're both off to two and zero starts, and I think everybody looks at the Bills. Obviously, they're five and a half point road favorites, so this is a game everybody thinks they should still win because they're the Super Bowl favorite. Everybody thinks that they are going to dominate and dice through this league. So I'm cool with it. If it if it means some Tannehill embarrassment on national television, <laughs> just sign me up, dude. And I, I think they'll be hearing that. Uh, is that Malik Willis? He was fun to watch in the preseason. So I think that they're they're going to be uh they'll they'll start they'll, they'll, it's about that time. I'm looking at it. It's about that time where you get sick of Tannehill. So enjoy it, Titans fans. This is what uh this is what the existence was down here. At least your years will only be like three years. Down here it was seven. Seven years. And at least at least they got a playoff run out of it, right? Like they've made the playoffs yep. a couple times. They got to the uh well, to one the AFC seed. title game. Yep. Yeah, like like they 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 kind of got the the better Tannehill experience, and it'll be shorter lived than in Miami. But uh, enjoy it, enjoy it as uh, as as you watch it all spiral out of control. Are you? Does that loss or does that win by the Bills? Uh, does it make you nervous about this week? Like, what are your emotions going into this week? Um, because when you are 
you know, five and a half point underdogs at home. Do you have a feeling of, all right, whatever happens, happens, or like, are you now, are you changing expectations because of how good last week felt? And now you see a real opportunity here. Like, what's your mindset going into this one? Yeah, so I might be pumping the brakes on the La Carreta celebration just a, just a little bit, just a little bit after uh, watching Josh Allen throw four touchdowns, Stephon Diggs. I mean, this Cater Kahu is going to have uh, his hands full. And uh, But, um, yeah, I, I don't feel like the Dolphins can get blown out. And maybe I'll have to eat my words, but after watching what they did in that fourth quarter, I have this sense that, the Dolphins can hang in a shootout. I'm not saying they can beat the Buffalo Bills in a shootout. I don't know. We'll find out. But do I think the Dolphins are going to get embarrassed Sunday? Man, I really don't. If you would have asked me that question, maybe before the Ravens game, maybe at the halftime of the Ravens game, my my answer would have been different. But if the Dolphins can can even be, you know, have that semblance of, of go out there, connect on big plays, Tua's firing the way he did against Baltimore in the fourth quarter. I can't see a situation where they're getting blown out by Buffalo. Buffalo's the best team in the NFL. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that right now. It's either them or Kansas City. Uh, but I, I do feel, and maybe I'm letting my my Dolphins fandom get in the way of, of me seeing this rationally, but I feel like most of us have this sense that we can hang with Buffalo. Can we beat them in a shootout, Tobin? I don't know. I don't know. But we can hang with them, I think. I'm. Uh, it's so strange, though, because, like, all right, we know that when it comes down to shootouts, yeah, those can be intimidating. But, like, they were just in the most dire situation. The Dolphins were able to put up a ton of points, like six touchdowns, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. This is a team in the Dolphins that can score quickly. Like, this is not a team that needs to dink and dunk and have methodical drives uh, all over the place. So, in a lot of ways, that does you know boost my confidence in this team being able to hang with Buffalo because they have looked overwhelming so far. Um, now, look, they got they got a they got a great defense, like you said, they're good all around, and I do think that with the Dolphins, like the defense had key moments, but you know we saw the struggles that they had against Lamar Jackson. We saw these big chunk plays that they gave up. And I think a lot of people would look at this and say, okay, maybe Lamar Jackson's a little bit more dynamic of a runner than Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's still a good runner. People will probably say Josh Allen's a better thrower. And I think everybody would agree that that Buffalo Bills have way better skill guys. And I think that almost in a weird way, I have confidence in the Dolphins offense because I think we have a guru coach in this team. I think that he's very smart. I think he knows how to get these guys the ball in space. Two is obviously riding high in confidence a little bit. But it's almost, for me, I, I look at this defense, which I, I know Mike McDaniel said this is still the defense's team. Cool. But I, I almost worry about that side of it more than I do the offense in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, I know everybody's a little down on the defense, but I rewatched the Dolphins-Ravens games, like the compressed version on YouTube, and I, was, I wasn't as down on the defense as I was watching that than I was watching it in live action on Sunday. Because, I mean, you mentioned it. The Ravens got a bunch of big plays, right? The Lamar run, 75 yards. The, uh, the what do you throw, like a slant to, I forgot who it was, Duver, or DuVernay Bateman. or whoever it was, right? Bateman, who took it all the way. And then if you think about it, right? Like 35 points 
giving that up to to uh, to Baltimore. One of those was the Duvernay kickoff return to start the game, which, by the way, already puts your defense kind of in a bad spot, spotting mm-hmm. the Ravens' offense seven points. Other than those big plays, and there was a couple other ones. The the other touchdown pass that Lamar threw was like thirty something yards. The Dolphins' defense kind of had a decent game, right? They made that pivotal fourth down stop goal line uh, for the Ravens and uh, kept kept the Dolphins in it early. And then in the fourth quarter and in the third quarter, every time the Dolphins needed a stop to keep themselves in the game, the Dolphins' defense did it. So other than the big plays. Yeah, when you evaluate, it's such a strange game to evaluate because it's like literally every part of the team had a moment of the game where they could have lost the game for the team, but they all really had moments where they brought them back and won it for them too. So right. in, in a lot of ways, it was the most complete performance on both extremes, on both sides. And I think the question is, can you afford – that against this team you know baltimore is one thing and i think baltimore everybody has baltimore everybody respects them you're winning on the road i don't i I think we're gonna look back and say man that was a good win by the miami dolphins i think baltimore is gonna end up being good they're still getting healthier they're still getting guys back they're not you know they were missing pieces on defense um the question is with this buffalo team that has been your daddy and has owned you for the last three years can you afford getting down big um, and, and will they make those mistakes and leave those windows for you if they do get up two scores? I think that's what really kind of s- separates maybe a good team from what everybody deems to be an elite team. Yeah. If you're going down whatever it was, 28 points, 21 points to Buffalo, I, I, I can't see Miami doing what they did against Baltimore. You're right. Um, but I, I, I give this defense way more credit than that. I really do. And again, maybe I'm being a homer. Maybe I'm I'm letting my fandom, you know, kind of uh, jog my my rationale. But I, I really do feel like this defense is better than what we saw through stretches against Baltimore. And the reason why I believe it is because Tobin, like they've proved it to us. And by the way, it's a little different circumstance, right? Because Miami's going to be at home. You know this crowd. I expect a lot of Buffalo Bills fans, but Dolphins fans are going to show out. Because this is, Tobin, this is the biggest game in Dolphins history since when? Like their playoff game against Pittsburgh in 2016? Probably, yeah. Like as far as just like a regular season matchup with all this hope. Because the Dolphins, like, look, they haven't gotten off to good starts historically. Like it's taken a little bit. I mean, there's been some big-time matchups against the Bills. It, later in the season, there's been, you know, last year against Tennessee was obviously a huge game because you had playoffs on the line still. So there's been big-time matchups. But I think that the difference with this is, this is an early this is an early statement game. You know, typically these have been where Dolphins have had to rally and they've missed the playoffs late or there's been some bone crushing game that just rips your heart out and the season just is done. It's over. And you're going to look back on the rest of the year with regret. With this, everybody is crowning Buffalo already and you're kind of saying, "Hey, I think people look at the Dolphins and say, "Hey, that team may be sneaky good." If you win this game, there aren't many of these in the NFL because there's so much parity. But if you win this game and you do stun the, uh, the the NFL world, now all of a sudden you've arrived and everybody's going to be like, oh, well, we have to take this. <laughs> Even at 3-0, and you have to be like, oh, well, everybody's on notice right now with what this team can do because we were already talking about that this was going to be a tough stretch. If you start off 3-0, and um, 
on top of maybe you're gonna have that quick turnaround with Cincy, but even forget about that. But if you start three and zero, and let's say even say you start three and one, you're going into like a much easier schedule than what everybody was when everybody was was crafting what the season was gonna look like. So I think that's what's interesting about this is yeah, there's been big time matchups, but they're typically later on in the season. We kind of know maybe the Dolphins are a little bit limited. I don't know what the limit of this team is. I really, really don't. I'm, that's what I think is encouraging about it. We haven't seen a Dolphins team like this that is this dazzling, this exciting, and really what what is the potential that is here? Yeah, I and mean, we've never seen a Dolphins team who were down big and were able to do what they did. We talked about it after the game on Sunday, right? Like, they would just shoot themselves in the foot in that situation. Those were the Dolphins I grew up with. I've never experienced that. Somebody texted into, uh, into QAM or 790, over the week uh, on Monday, right? We're celebrating the Big Dolphins win. And they said something that stuck with me, Tobin. That's what it felt like watching Marino every week, Solana. Yeah. Like they were, because I, I I said it, I've never experienced that. Right? Really, I haven't. Like that could have been the most joyful moment I've ever had as a Dolphins fan, which is crazy. Week two, like it doesn't make any sense, but truthfully, that's what it felt like. And somebody texted in, that's what it felt like watching Marino every single week and I'm like well, this, damn yeah damn but you know like I can't believe I missed out on that but I, like that's that's it, it felt almost like that era defining moment to me right where we can look back mm -hmm. on this and be like that was the game where we knew we knew something was different I think the thing that this team also has though that Marino didn't have because people always want Marino to win the ring and it wasn't the complete team around him but everybody knew Marino was great from the start. There wasn't really a question. Like he fell in the draft um, and, and went later than people thought. But Marino arrived on the scene and was like, I'm here, mother bleepers. There were no questions. There's something about this team because of the quarterback and because of everybody's opinion on him that is like, you know how we like it down here. That we like being doubted. We like, you know, the country yeah. disrespecting Miami whether it be the Canes, whether it be the Heat, or whether it be, it be the Dolphins and the Dolphins quarterback. So I think that there is an element of this the, uh, the, the us versus them in Miami of everybody seems to like to take shots at Tua Tungavailoa, and he has a little bit of a, a double middle finger. And I think that Tyreek Hill has brought a lot of that swagger here too from Kansas City because people are like, Oh, you're going to regret leaving Kansas City. You're going to regret it. It's not going to be the same. So I think he's infused some of that as well. And I think that that is going to make this team even more beloved. Uh, maybe not more beloved than Marino, but I think is going to have a, it, this team is going to build a special place in Dolphins heart because of everybody who is doubting them, doubting the quarterback and and really overlooking them. And even Mike McDaniel plays into that as well, right? Like how many people are successful in the NFL and, and have his background. Not many. Right. And, and you know, even people when he was hired made a big deal about the way he looks, the way he talks, his appearance, whatever. So, like, I think that also plays into it where there were a lot of naysayers and there's always there's always doubters or whatever, right? It's, it's the biggest cliche in sports. Nobody thought we could do it. But I do think there's something interesting there with the quarterback uh uh the the location of our team because nobody thinks that there's there's real fans in South Florida and our head coach as well being a rookie head coach I do think a lot of that plays into it as well I'm with you by the way uh, I had written this down from the Dolphins like they they posted this in their their game release 
Mm-hmm. A Dolphins win Sunday. It'd be the first 3-0 start since 2018 and it'd be the 15th time in team history. It would make Mike McDaniel the second head coach in Dolphins history to win his first three games, joining Jimmy Johnson. Pretty good company. Mm-hmm. Miami's eighth consecutive win, it would be at Hard Rock Stadium, dating back to November 2021. That would be the team's longest winning streak at Hard Rock Stadium and the most consecutive home wins in a 10-game stretch since December of 17, 1984 to September 14, 1986. Damn. Pretty pretty good company, and it would also, as we know, be Miami's first win against Buffalo since December 2nd, 2018. Yeah, it's been too long. We'll take a quick break here on the Porvis Pod. Swim on. Who was your favorite person that had to eat crow this week? Plus, Stefan Diggs. Uh, he's really respecting what he's seen from this Dolphins offense. More Porpoise Pod after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Porpoise Pod swimming on here. Tobin and Solana getting ready, gearing up, as we say, for week three against the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins back on the practice field as they start to get ready. And uh, listen, this Tua Tongue of LO, he's not soft like Tom Brady. He needs Wednesdays off every week. You know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and uh, I, did you hear, Solana, did you hear Stefan Diggs? uh on the rich eisen show this week he had uh some pretty glowing things to say about the dolphins offense he uh says it's explosive that uh he loves watching seeing what tyreek hill and jalen waddle were doing um so pretty high praise from the star receiver from the buffalo bills you surprised that he uh that he's giving so much props to the dolphins i am a little surprised honestly and also a little bummed about it i like stefan diggs like i think he's a cool dude but I was kind of hoping this rival, this would turn into a real rivalry again. Top two teams in the AFC East. And it would kind of be similar to what I missed out on in like the late 80s, early 90s, throughout the 90s, really, where these two teams couldn't stand each other. Like they, they hated each other and uh, they were playing each other in the playoffs. There was like games late in the year where they'd be fighting for the division. Like, that's what I was kind of hoping this would turn into. I get athletes are different now. Athletes are cool with each other. And that's fine. Like, I'm not hating on that. I'm not turning into Chris Mad Dog Russo and saying, like, you can't like your your opponent. But I was kind of hoping there'd be a little bit of bad blood between these two teams. Yeah, same. I like the the spark on things. And I like that the... uh... I like when there's that bitterness. I think that certainly the fan bases hate each other enough that that's going to be existent, especially if there's any of those kooks who jump through tables that come down here. Which, by the way, is that allowed now? Because, you know, there was a giant ty- a car fire at the last tailgate. Like, if if you're a person lighting a table on fire at Hard Rock this weekend, I, I got to feel like there's got to be ramifications for that. Yeah, yeah. There's There's going to be so much extra security going around, making sure – None of these, uh, none of these Buffalo crazies are uh, are lighting cars on fire. Also, why does anybody want to get thrown through a, a table? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just you know <laughs> what losing four straight Super Bowls does to one person, and 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 it just gets passed down from generation to generation. 
I don't get the uh, the whole thing with wanting to jump through a table. Um, you know, Bill's Mafia, everybody looks at them as like this great fan base. I look at a bunch of kooks, quite yeah. frankly. You know, uh, it's just it, it's almost like, a, what is it? A, is it a masochist? The person who, who like needs the pain for pleasure? I, I need I, the pain. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But I, I think for me, uh, it's it's strange behavior to see for sure. Um, but don't bring that stuff down here to Miami. That's 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 uh, that's nonsense. I am surprised though they didn't go the Bill Belichick route of uh, of trying to come down here days early to adapt to the heat. That Monday night turnaround to play Sunday always a little tough. Quick, always a little tough, Tobin. Always a little Quick. tough. But uh, hey, how about hey hey Bills Mafia? Leave the Labatt Blues up in uh, up in New York. All right, up in upstate New York. Come down to Miami. And, and just settle down, all right? Because you're in for an ass whooping, all right? Settle down. You drink too many Labatt Blues. You're throwing each other through furniture. Just, just hey, relax, all it's right? Me. Throw a couple couple dogs and a couple burgers on the grill and get ready for your ass whooping. Yeah, it, it's it's reckless behavior by everybody there. Uh, unbelievable from, from everything there. So uh, we'll continue to look forward to this game. But uh, looking back a little bit more, Solana, on what was the excellence of this past week, uh, you know, you and I, we were going to be on the lookout for, for, uh, if there was going to be any crow eating on Tua tongue of Iloa this week or what the reaction was going to be, uh, has there been anything that stood out to you specifically from the reaction, anybody that, uh, you want to call out that, uh, that is typically a hater that tried to weasel their way back in. Cause Mike Gusecki said this week, uh, to, to the media on Monday, he says, look, we've all been seeing this with Tua. I'm sure a lot of people are going to try and get back on the bandwagon because I wouldn't let them. I wouldn't let them back on the bandwagon. So have you seen any of that rat finkery where people are trying to weasel their way back in? Well, I did see Colin Coward doing the opposite, doubling down. Uh, but but what, what, what are we going to do with this Coward, Tobin? What are we going to do with this Well, Coward? the thing that annoyed me about Cowherd is like, what is your take here? Because he's like, well, we predicted that Tua was going to be better, but don't be fooled by it. I'm like, well, 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 well hold on. What's your opinion? Is he going to be better because of what he has around him? Or am I not to be fooled? Like, how can you predict both things? He's predicting both things. That's the thing that drives me nuts about it. It's not so much, okay, fine. All of a sudden, you were in the Tua documentary, and then you fraudulently jumped ship because you were worried about his hip injury. Okay, fine. Whatever. But, like, now he's in this place where it's like, well, uh, you know, we told you two was going to be better, but I don't believe he's better, but he could, but we told you. I'm like, wait, what? I don't understand where he's going with that. So that's yeah, a strange one. He, he's also got, you know, more important issues to worry about with all the, uh, the Trey Lance stuff uh, being sent to his timeline. But whatever, oh I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into that. Uh, but uh, no, it, it's not even like one specific person. Did Sean Payton even say anything? Because uh, I don't he think... did actually. No, no, no. He did, did he? Sean Payton, it... Sean Payton did a little bit of what Colin was doing because he was like crediting uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle as like the next Marx Brothers. But he did say he did say I was wrong about Tua and I've been wrong about Tua, but then was mostly giving credit to the receivers and saying that he's doing what he has to do in the system. But he says, but I've, I, you know, I've been hard on Tua. And he's proving me wrong. So Sean Payton definitely is, I think, another week away from completely backtracking. But he definitely left himself some wiggle room. Yeah, uh, I, I did see, I had written this down, Pete Prisco. He he wrote, like, I may have been wrong about Tua Tungavailoa. He said, oh, there, yeah, yeah. Are, 
There are those who can't ever admit they're wrong, some of whom I work with here at CBS. I am not one of those who can't admit being wrong. So here it goes. I think I might have been wrong about Tua Tungavailoa. And then he does do the thing where he's like, one game won't change the narrative. But like he saw something there. Pete Briscoe is one of these guys who's just kind of like, yeah, Tua's another guy. He's not Herbert. Like he's he's been down on Tua for a long time. Uh, but it's not even just one guy, Tobin. It's kind of everybody where turn on Sports Center last night and after Monday Night Football, they're doing a special on the Dolphins electrifying offense. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody has kind of saw what happened there and, and, and started to, to realize like, oh, yeah, there is something special going on in Miami. Right. And, well, uh, and, and the conversation shifted from can Tua be the guy, which was every single day throughout training camp on SportsCenter, on ESPN, on all the shows, on FS1, to now like, hey, look how awesome the Dolphins' offense is. Yeah, well, the thing with Tua that's fascinating about it is that the number one fear or the number one critique everybody had with getting Tyreek Hill is he can't get him the football. Well, this has proven to be wildly stupid. Over two games, we could tell he's very good at getting Tyreek Hill the football. I don't know if anybody's been to ESPN.com slash stats lately. Uh, Tyreek Hill is number one in the league in receiving. So and number three is uh, is Jalen Waddle. So, you know, I, I think those fears have been put to rest. To me, honestly, the thing that's been that I've I've said this is like the number one thing that I worry about with Tua more than anything is honestly as a guy who's looked upon as a caretaker or a game manager is he can do some pretty reckless stuff sometimes and some head scratching reckless stuff that'll always be worry me more than him with the arm. Or, you know, Tua not being able to comprehend all that stuff. No, like he clearly tries to make, he tries to force the issue sometimes for a guy who is known as conservative and checks down all the time. It's the disaster plays that you worry about more so than, you know, the the threading the needle. Because look, I think that accuracy is a blessing and a curse with him in that he can put it pinpoint where only Mike Kosecki can get it through three defenders. But if you're a little bit off, it could get uh, it could be an easy pick six or it could be an easy uh it could be an easy reception for the defense. So I think those are the things that really worry me and that he has to get better at as this goes on. But I think that the the lazy argument was this entire offseason, oh well, he's not gonna be it's a waste to have Tyreek Hill. Like you can't get him the football. And we we saw it multiple times. He threw him two 40-yard-plus bombs for touchdowns in an epic comeback. Maybe that was a stupid thing to think. Yeah, what about uh, he's only hitting open receivers? You saw that one, Tobin? I mean, but he's not, though. Like, he's hitting open receivers. You, those touchdowns that you saw, yeah, because Tyreek Hill's fast. Never Guess what? Tyreek Hill's not getting less fast, so who cares? <laughs> but he's gonna I, be- I, don't, I don't understand that logic. Like, is he not supposed to hit the open receiver? I don't know. Yeah, right? I guess he's... And, and then there's, and then he's, and then, and then it's, uh, oh, well, he had to come back for that one. That's another one that I, I love. It's like, well, Tyreek Hill to come. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's faster than the football. That's, that's how fast he is. Like, it's, you know, uh, maybe you guys would feel more confident having, uh, having, you know, Josh Allen. I guarantee there will be times where Josh Allen would, uh, would underthrow him as well because you almost don't want to overthrow him because then it's a waste. Like, he went down there and used all that amazing speed for nothing. So, that stuff's all stupid, but uh, Sean Payton definitely is the guy for me where I was just like, all right, I see all of a sudden you went from Bridgewater's going to start to, well, maybe I was wrong. Oh, you think, Sean? You think, that's, do you? 
that's a that's a tough one to come back from after you throw six touchdowns literally three days later. Yeah, it that is. is. That is a tough one. <laughs> that is a tough one to come back from. And by the way, you're totally right, Tobin. Anybody who's saying he's just hitting open receivers just didn't watch the game. Just didn't no, watch the game. He is. I mean, like, if anything, I would say that's probably Tua's best skill and it's also sometimes his diciest is because he is so good at hitting those tight windows in contested places and that he tries to do it all the time and I think that that is the times where if like you don't have like epic velocity that it could get it could be but he is I mean dude he we see that how many times do you see Tua being able to just thread it through three people and you're just like damn like that was that was dicey, but like he is good at it. it. That's just that's just that's how he that's how he crafts success, bro. And he did it on the Gasicki touchdown. Yeah, he threw it perfectly to Gasicki, and the damn game-winning touchdown. He threw it the only place where only Waddle could catch it. Yeah, the DB is in front of Waddle. Pretty good coverage, right. but he has that that chemistry with his receiver. He knows Waddle's tendencies, and Waddle went up. Got the ball where only he could get the ball in that situation. Uh, you're just not watching the damn game. You're a clown. You're a clown if you're saying two is only hitting open receivers. He, uh, yeah, sorry. Tyreek Hill is going to be open a lot, guys. He's faster than everybody. I don't just, you know, get used to that. Good it's... luck. Uh, good luck double teaming Tyreek Hill. Keep yeah, double teaming Tyreek Hill. Get, let Jalen Waddle eat. All right, that's our Porpoise Pod for today. We'll be back later on in the week with uh, more of a look ahead to the Dolphins and Bills. So a lot of thanks for the fun. We'll do it again.